Are you an HR department of one trying to figure out how to balance task and strategy while keeping up with changes in regulatory compliance? Do you need a fresh outlook on old topics? Then stop what you're doing, grab your coffee, and get ready to recharge. If you have people, you have problems to solve and things to do. Your host is Brenda Neckvottle, a 20-year human resource professional, ready to explore the HR industry with veterans of business and life with fresh eyes and new ideas. Learn about the rapidly evolving changes in employment law around the country, as well as new tactics to deploy and build engagement in your workforce. If you're looking to implement new practices to make your job easier in HR, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Best Practices in Human Resources podcast. I am so happy you guys are back here again. We've got another show. Today we're really going to be focusing on some stuff that is going to help you guys as an employer, as HR champions and HR pros, really deal with what's going on right now. And I'm not talking about the coronavirus stuff. I'm talking about the really super heavy, intense Uh, situation that our nation is up against. But before I do that, if you guys are returning listeners, you guys are awesome. Thank you so very much for for jumping in and joining in week after week. We've been doing this together now 18 months. Can you believe it? (laughs) 18 months. And I've made a tremendous amount of progress. We're in episode number 63. And, uh, and you know what, every each and every episode uh, brings a lot of really great info. You guys send in great requests you know suggestions you have conversations with me and thank you so much because you really are a big part of why this podcast actually became an award-winning podcast so thank you thank you thank you thank you and if you guys are listening for the first time you're in for a real treat um we've got a good friend of mine coming back on again she is also my co-host um and that is uh, suzanne lucas she and i do a youtube live show that we just started uh, i think we're done like five episodes now four or five, maybe six, the most. Anyway, we broadcast that every every Tuesday on uh, YouTube Live, and that is called The Real HR Show, and she's going to be joining us today. But I'm here to help share with you the what and the how in human resources, uh, because I'm in the human business, and that means that there is a greater number of dynamics in the workplace to balance and manage, and holy cow, that statement really, really, really weighs in right now. Uh, most importantly today we are going to talk about we've got everybody's favorite poster changes poster updates there's not that many um, we've got employment law changes that are taking place across the nation i'm going to share with you later in the show where you can get access to this information um, again our main topic we are going to be actually talking about today um, how to deal with what is going on and that is um, dealing with civil unrest and actually this episode um, is going to we did the eight, we did the live version of this earlier today, and I'm going to take that recording and use it for this because the stuff that we talked about, really, I mean, try and replicate it. You just can't. It was really, really great content. So I'm going to take this morning's episode and share it out to uh, you guys on the podcast, and that is with uh, Suzanne Lucas. She is also known as the evil HR lady. She's a very nice lady, and uh, she is, she's written over a 1,000 different articles with Inc.com. So she's got a lot... She's got a lot to add to the table, and she's a lot of fun to work with. Now, I'm going to share with you some upcoming events and how also to get best practices delivered directly to your inbox. <clears throat> now, before we go on, folks, that the information that is available in this podcast is for informational purpose only and not for the purpose of providing any form of legal advice. 
You should contact your attorney to obtain legal advice with respect to any particular issue. And if you do not have an employment attorney, go ahead and contact us, and I might be able to refer one to you through our affiliates program and our friends over in Jackson Lewis. Now, as far as poster updates goes, <clears throat> there's not a lot. And right now, you guys want to start really paying attention. I do poster updates at the beginning of every month. And then that way it gives you guys an opportunity to catch uh, the previous month's releases. So really, if anything gets released, you're only about four weeks out from, from knowing what it is. Um, but this month, Indiana and South Dakota, you guys both have poster updates. So if you're in Indiana and South Dakota, hop on over to the bestpractices.org website, click on the affiliates tab, scroll down to where you see the Labor Law Compliance Center. You're going to see a code. It says posters 20. If you visit them, you can actually get the posters at 25% off, which is really great. And you also won't get all of this really creepy, made to scare you out of your skin, telling you that you're not compliant kind of, you know, marketing mail, junk mail. If you get that stuff, throw it away. <clears throat> Seriously, it, you know, don't worry about that stuff because poster changes don't take place as often as they those companies like you to think and labor law compliance center does not do that which is the reason why um we're friends because <laughs> it's just that's not good stuff we don't want that to happen for you guys so we want to make sure that we get you guys with some really good partnerships okay so i got the first one i want to talk to you about I'll just kind of give you a heads up this is a really super delicate situation and you probably may have not even considered that this is even possible, but the First Circuit Court <clears throat> has ruled that having an employee involuntarily committed may not actually violate the provisions under the American Disabilities Act. And you might be sitting there thinking, holy cow, you can actually do that? There is yes and no. <laughs> so I just want to touch on this really quick because I think it's an interesting call out <clears throat> But at the same time, I want to make something very clear. Having an employee involuntarily committed is a last ultimate resort when it comes to dealing with significant, severe dependency and psychological issues. It can be done. However, it is very traumatic. It is very difficult and it absolutely requires legal guidance to do something like that. But nonetheless, I found it a really, really interesting call out and I just wanted to let you guys know that for those of you who have worked on it and have done it, I haven't personally, I've studied up on it quite a bit, um, but there's some information for you as well. All right, so <clears throat> other things that are coming down the pike, <laughs> jump on that. All right, uh, agencies uh, issue new interim final rules on the PPP loan forgiveness and the loan review process. I know that has been a really, really uh, dodgy piece. I mean, the government is really great at creating a law and then figuring out how it all works. So there's some information that is out there. Um, lots of, lots of, if you even just Google that, you'll find uh, quite a few things that are going on out there and give you the ability to actually search out those different types of uh, resources. OSHA has issued updated COVID-19 interim enforcement response plan and their data. <clears throat> and they've also revised uh, different types of guidance for recording work-related COVID-19 cases. So you guys are gonna wanna jump in on that. Over in California, 
Los Angeles has okayed reopening protocols for low-risk businesses, but there are still some safer-at-home directives that are in place as well. Orange County has also amended its reopening guidance <clears throat> regarding offices and business spaces. And also in California, there's some pending legislation that seeks to limit penalties for employers in California that you can actually find over on the Jackson Lewis uh, website. There's some pretty good information there. A lot of companies, or it's not a companies, countries, not countries, holy cow, lots of states are in the process of putting out their reopening rules. So you've got uh, Connecticut, Chicago, uh, just Illinois in general. Also in Illinois, the Department of Revenue has released their final uh, 2019 Cook County Equalization Factor. So if you are working on that, the information is out. Um, <clears throat> there's also uh, in Illinois, and we talked about this a little while ago, that they have put out model sexual harassment training and uh, best practices for implementation. There's some things that they are actually uh, referring to uh, that, you, that are required for employers as well. Chicago City, uh, their city council has passed the COVID-19 anti-retaliation ordinance. So this is, this is a really great example of some of the things that we talk about. So not only do you have federal, you have state, you could have uh, county, but here we've got city. <laughs> so it gets pretty crazy. Um, Minnesota is providing as much information as they can about reopening and returning to work, especially under the current uh, status and situation. New York agencies also issue joint guidance on COVID-19 paid leave for healthcare workers. So if you are in the healthcare business, there's some good information out there as well. Uh, Vermont has updated its data breach law notification. And, oh, my favorite, <clears throat> Virginia governor has signed the marijuana decriminalization law containing employment-related provisions as well. Um, I know I've got some more reading as it pertains to that. There is also... Virginia tends to do this little cha-cha where we think that we're going to reopen and then it gets held back for a little bit. So there's a lot of, lot of uncertainty going on. Um, also, Washington, D.C. has overhauled significantly its data breach notification law. Washington State has reopened for business with new policies, procedures, and pro uh, protective equipment. And then also the government of Puerto Rico has extended curfews and has expanded the list of businesses that are permitted to open. And that is what we have for employment law updates across the nation. There are approximately 2,500 members of the U.S. Special Operations Community who transition out of active duty military service every single year. The Honor Foundation has dedicated its mission to serving these elite individuals on their journey to prepare for life once they take off the uniform. In the past few years, we've begun our own journey to reach this number, launching three physical campuses in San Diego, California, Virginia Beach, Virginia, and near Wilmington, North Carolina, along with a virtual campus to reach members of the community anywhere on the planet. I spent 26 years in the special operations community as a SEAL. I graduated from THS program, I served on the board of directors, and now I'm proud to lead this organization into the future to continue assisting these transitioning service members and their families. Our dedicated team, our world-class program, and our incredible tribes of supporters are standing by to help THF alumni and future fellows, and are committed to providing the best possible support system and resources to better serve this community. Our vision for the Honor Foundation is clear, to impact every transitioning service member from the U.S. Special Operations Enterprise 
through our programs and support, and to be a catalyst for overhauling the entire DOD transition program. It's a big task, but the community deserves it, and we're driving full steam ahead to make this a reality. If you've been inspired with what the Honor Foundation's done in the last five years, I welcome you all to join us as we craft the next chapter in defining what it means to serve others with honor for life. After some crazy technical difficulty, um, <clears throat> mainly it's because it's on my part. Um, I am in a different area of the world, and so that didn't really go very well. Then <laughs> now we're gonna have to figure this out. But anyway, good morning and welcome to the um, welcome to the Real HR Show. Normally live today, pre-recorded and <laughs> put up after the fact. <laughs> so good morning. I've got Suzanne Lucas with me. You were about 15 minutes behind um, set schedule, and unfortunately, <clears throat> that's just the way it goes. Good morning, you. Yeah, because that's the problem with both of us being self-employed. We don't have an IT department. No, we don't have a television production department. We don't have marketing and media. We just have, we us. have us. That's right. And we're I'm very gonna... competent and capable. That's right. I would agree with that. <laughs> I would agree with that. So how are yeah. you? Well, all things considered, I'm pretty good. And I think right now I'm kind of glad to be living across an ocean. In Switzerland? Yes. In yes. Switzerland. Yeah. Today we're dealing, we're, we're talking about dealing with civil unrest. So um, normally in the show, production-wise, which failed horribly, uh, today <laughs> we we usually have um, where you can find us. So actually, if you want to reach out to us, we'll just give you a quick blast here. You can find uh, you can find me at bestpractices.work. That's my website. You can find me on LinkedIn on Brenda Neckbottle. You can find me on Instagram as Brenda the HR Lady. And <clears throat> after Suzanne swallows, she's going to tell you where, <laughs> where you can find her. You can find me on my website, um, evilhrlady.org, on Twitter at realevilhrlady. You can find me at LinkedIn. I'm Suzanne Lucas there. And you can join my Facebook group, which is Evil HR Lady. And if you Google Evil HR Lady or Suzanne Lucas, I will pop up. Another Suzanne Lucas will pop up who is a midwife. Please do not confuse <laughs> me. I will not deliver your baby. No. <laughs> That's not a good thing. That's, oh my gosh. I am not the person you want around if no. you're going to labor. No. <laughs> I'll be like, noted. call me when the baby's all washed up and perhaps potty trained. <laughs> yeah, duly noted. Gotcha. Oh, all right. That's a whole nother level of civil unrest. So, so with everything that's going on here in the U.S., um, which is kind of the reason why I'm out of my normal jive and, and mojo here on on this <clears throat> is because of what has been happening and down here in this area um last you know it was it was a horrible 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 thing that took place up in minneapolis and unfortunately um that frustration and anger and pent-up energy these people have had enough so we know what's going on they're rioting they're looting they're burning and they're impacting the world and we're already in a situation right now to where we've we've got enough going on 
and now this is just adding more pressure to it. So we've got a lot of employees who are <clears throat> were already once concerned and nervous about you know the condition of health, uh, condition of the economy, and now they're added a whole new level of concern about their safety. And um, I had quite an incident Friday night. We had protesters here, literally 20 yards off of my doorstep, which thankfully, thankfully it was peaceful. But I know very well that, um, that these crowds are being salted with in, uh, provocateurs. And that's, and that's what's happening is that they're, they're coming in, they're coordinated, <clears throat> and then they actually, as we're finding out in the news, which I knew was happening already, what's happening is that people are being bussed in who are on a mission to create and wreak havoc. Um, this, is, this is something that law enforcement has intel on, they, they monitor, they watch this, but nonetheless, we don't know when it's gonna show up or where, and we, the only thing that we can count on is that all hell is gonna break loose. And so that it makes, makes life really, really interesting. Scary. It yeah, does. It's, it's super scary. And it, I am firmly of the belief that most people are good people who want to do the right thing. And um, I think most people that go out to protest are going out to protest for the right reason. Um, but you bring a few of these outside agitators in mm -hmm. and things go crazy and it's dangerous. Yeah. It and this is something that we have to deal with, not only as a people, but as HR managers. Right. And this is where normally companies are looking <clears throat> to HR to have that seat at the table. Your microphone, just so you know, is clicking up against your necklace. Oh. <laughs> How incredibly it's annoying. It's pretty, but it's clicking. I was trying to be fancy today. <laughs> you look great. You look great. <laughs> because so. I'm normally not fancy. No, you're fine. You don't have to hold it up. There you go. Just look still. <laughs> All right. Perfect. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, it sounded like no. Morse code at one point. Oh, sorry. That's, sorry no, no, sorry, no. Sorry. It's all good. You're That's the last good. time I tried to look fancy. All right. No, look Back fancy. Back to topic. Okay. Back to the topic. So this is, is looking um, to HR and yeah. HR, we're not necessarily prepared for all of this kind of a thing. And I just, right before we went live, I was just reading um, my friend Dan Schwartz's um, LinkedIn post. And there was two things that he wrote about. And the one he just mentioned in passing, which was a letter from the governor of Connecticut saying, if you if your workplace is not safe your job is protected if you go in don't go in the letter was written about covid and the whole thing is about covid and what qualifies as unsafe blah 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 but i thought wow we're dealing with the same unsafe from a different angle right now it's yeah. not just i might get sick it's i might get hit in the head with a brick or um, maybe the workplace is safe, but how do I get home? Yeah. And um, there's lots and lots of things that that people are really, really worried about right now. Mm -hmm. Yep, I would agree. And it's, you know, 
not every HR person knows what to do. <clears throat> if you've been in this game long enough, you've dealt with enough stuff that you have a general sense of what needs to happen. And, and then there are companies that invest quite a bit of money into these contingency plans and people get trained. Um, you know, we work with our marketing department or public relations or whatever. So that way we can align the messages both internally and externally. Um, but, you know, if you're in that situation where in your group specifically yesterday, and I loved this because I, I jumped in on the conversation. Um, and that is somebody had asked that, you know, they were just frustrated and they're like, well, I just want to have a safe place for my employees to, um, you know, talk about what's on their mind and, you know, relay so that they, they can just kind of like process it. And, and I mean, I'm paraphrasing the question, right? Right. But um, I, I asked her and I said, can you can you give some more help me understand what you mean by allowing them to do this? Like, give me some clarity. And, and she just didn't really dive in too much. She just wanted a place where people can just air their grievances about what's going on in the world. And, you know, my quite a few people actually um, chimed in. Some companies have stuff. Some companies don't. Some people just really have no idea. And but then one person in particular took my answer, which is great. I'm happy I did it. And I responded in kind that, yes, in fact, that, you know, this was the answer that I was going to give. And that was, um, you know, employers are not equipped, nor employers really are the appropriate field to go ahead and do this. However, you know, connect with your EAP program and work with them to determine, you know, what kind of services or what kind of things are available for people to talk to. And I chimed back in and said, yes, that is exactly, I said, that's perfect. Because first off, employers are not clinicians. First and foremost, we're, we're not psych, we're not psychiatrists, we're not psychiatrists, we're not trained to deal with these things. This is not what we do. We're, we're in business to chase after the money for the things that we're good in. That's, that's what business is about. And right. that's what, that's what employers are for. And so if an employer starts, you know, gathering people around and say, okay, go ahead and, you know, offset an error, they're not trained to facilitate that kind of conversation. In addition to that, once they have the information, they need to act on it if anything comes up. And if they don't act on it, that opens them up for risk. And then finally, there's an ADA element in here that a lot of people don't think about. If, so we know under American with Disabilities Act <clears throat> that nobody has to disclose their disability. They don't have to, they don't have to dis discuss anything about it. Well, sure. we do have people in the workplace that have disabilities and they don't disclose them and we know that and typically it's not an issue because they handle it themselves and there's no need to ask for an accommodation there's no need to discuss it it's just a no need situation but right so let's say for example the what i gave is that let's say for example somebody has like significant anxiety and it is a condition and an Absolutely. event like what took place triggers that anxiety and that person now reveals that you're walking into as an employer and demonstrates it, right? And the employer is now walking into a regarded as scenario, which means that if you are regarding a person as having a disability, that person is now protected. And I'm not saying don't regard them as having a disability, but what I'm saying is that you don't wanna be in a position as an employer to discover something that you wouldn't have discovered under normal circumstances. Yeah, there's a whole lot of reasons to want to be careful. Um, the ADA thing, like you said, is one that people don't think about. 
And the other thing is you start a conversation. You don't know where it's going to go. Right. And if you have, you know, somebody who's trained in facilitating this kind of discussion, then it can be fine. But you don't have someone like that. No. And um, I'm even going to guess that most HR managers, um, including myself, are not trained in, in how to handle these really complex issues. I mean, there are some issues that are, are really, um, you know, really clear. Nobody, police or otherwise, should be murdering anybody, and the police should not be targeting anybody by race. And that's all very clear. But there's far more to it, and people aren't going to all agree. And then what, what can of worms do you open up in the office? Right. Yeah, it's, it's going to get complicated. And you're going to wind up, and, you know, your work population isn't going to be all one demographic. It's going, everybody comes from different backgrounds. Sorry if I'm shaking my camera. Um, different backgrounds, different worldviews, different opinions different political affiliations. I mean, if you really want to erode whatever culture you have, go down this road. Seriously. If you really want to have significant problems, have these open conversations because that's exactly what you're going to get. Um, if you have a culture, <clears throat> interesting morning here this morning. Um, if you have a culture to where people are conditioned to have these open conversations, and you hear it taking place, I think that's great. But I think you guys also have to continue to push the message that it's business as usual today because we have stuff to do. I, I think though it's also important to make sure that you're not jumping in and trying to stop something if they're talking not just about world events but how it plays out within the company. Because yeah. we have to let people discuss their workplace conditions and that's Absolutely. protected, right? And so if someone says, because of A, it made me think B, and that B is something within the company, now you've just changed from talking about world events to talking about current um, workplace conditions. And that's something that we also have to be careful about is um, making sure that employees know that they can always talk about workplace conditions. Yes. Um, I mean, within reason, they're not entitled to talk about it with customers, but you know, amongst themselves, you can't stop employees from discussing their workplace conditions. And a lot of people are going to say, this is with my workplace conditions. And this is going to be for people um, who are, who are working in these big cities where these things are happening and in these smaller cities where there are riots happening, it's affecting your workplace. Yeah. And it makes it a really difficult line to draw of what is current events, which we don't need to discuss, um, although people may want to, and what is workplace condition. And you know, the, one of the questions is gonna come up, uh, I don't feel safe coming to work right now. Yep. And that's something that we have to deal with as employers. We can't just say, ah, well, come on, come in and you're fired. There yeah. needs to no. be more involved. 
Yeah, and you know, focusing on the business of the day, <clears throat> what you're talking about is when I'm when I'm referring to focusing on the business of the day, I'm talking about you know, work is all is is a good distraction for people. It, it gets their minds off of the rest of the world, and <clears throat> you know, being able to keep people's eyes focused in on what needs to be done gives them that mental break from thinking about you know the chaos and what's happening and it and it's actually very it's very healthy for them but at the same time yes it is <clears throat> you know if you see somebody talking about something inappropriately then that's that's really where to plug in the okay guys look you know hear what you're saying we got to keep we got to keep focusing in on what on what's happening but if you got people that are asking questions and talking about well you know what is this company doing for us what are we going to do but those are those are the appropriate conversations to have right right and those things need to happen and employees need to be able to feel safe within their company and right now everybody is feeling stressed out to the max um you know everyone has got things coming at them from all angles right now and i'm concerned that I, I don't want any of this anger to spill over into your workplace. And even if it's righteous anger, I don't want it to spill over into your workplace. It doesn't go well. It's not something that um, will make your business better and make your employees happier. And you need to keep in mind that all laws regarding racial um, discrimination and harassment still stand. Yep. So you've got to be clear um, that bad behavior, no matter what side it's coming from, is not tolerated. No, it's not. And, you know, that was the question that was posed to me is, you know, in, uh, in the Next Gen Women in HR Facebook group that I run, um, you know, I last Thursday when all of this first started and we had the you know, the image of what was going on at that target that literally got torched. Um, I put in there, it's like, this is a very real situation and I think this is appropriate to start talking about, but what would you do if this was your business? You know, think, start thinking through these things. And uh, where I was going with is that, you know, you're obviously your employees get cleared out. You know, what does it look like with big box retail? You want to reach out to, you know, your team to make sure, do a head count, make sure everybody's fine you know, get a hold of people because employees are, they won't know what to do and they won't know what to say. So that was the crux of the exercise. But one of the things that came out um, in a private conversation, a little sidebar with me is, what if you find out that this, one of your employees got involved and they got swept up in this? And you know what, it may happen. I'm not saying it will, but it, it absolutely may happen. Um, not all employees that work are happy, <laughs> just in general in life. And right. some people may see this as an opportunity um, if they didn't like a certain decision or if they're upset at a manager or didn't like another coworker or just quite frankly wanted to be part of history. Um, they may get caught up in something like that. And, you know, if you are, if you become aware of that, then you have to deal with it appropriately. And how would you deal with it? Very carefully. <laughs> That's a good answer. Very there carefully. is a a whole lot of very carefully going on yeah. um, around that and caught up when it can mean different things 
if someone is going and protesting, depending on your state, there may be laws protecting them. If someone is throwing bricks or lighting buildings on fire or stealing things, there's no law protecting them. Right. Um, right. We have the right to protest, um, but we don't have the right to destroy. And in, in some states, not all, you can be protected for those activities. In Colorado, for instance, you're protected for anything you do outside of work that is legal, except for marijuana usage. Um, and so someone going to a protest, as long as they are behaving legally within that protest, you can't discipline, fire, whatever, that person. Right. No matter what they're protesting. Right. Um, it doesn't matter what side they're on, that's protected. California, you're protected for political speech. So um, this, these protests can absolutely be considered political speech. I would be very hesitant to um, mm -hmm. do anything against someone who is protesting, no matter what their position is, in California or Colorado. But once they start throwing bricks or lighting things on fire, those protections go away. Right. And, you know, I, years ago, I had a client that called me up, it was the HR person. And she literally like had to go out to her car to have this conversation with me and from her cell phone. And she goes, okay, I have, I have a very strange question to ask you. And I'm like, well, nothing in HR is strange. Go ahead. And she goes, <laughs> <laughs> she goes, our bosses, and this was, um, this is when uh, the prior administration was up for the second term. And she said, um, yeah, the owner of the company just went through and had a like an all hands meeting and pretty much told everybody that if they failed to vote a certain way, um, that they were no longer going to be welcomed in this company. Oh, and I was like, oh, OK, so we need to talk about that. And she goes, yeah, he's not going to talk to you about it. And, and he's already made it abundantly clear he's having a bad day. He's mad. And he's pretty much told everybody that if they don't vote a certain way, they're fired. And yeah. about 48 hours later, I get a phone call from him. He says, okay, I've like totally messed up. And I said, yeah, you kind of did. <laughs> so <laughs> here's how we fix it. So, because, you know, but that's the thing is like, to back up what you're saying, you can't tell your employees how to behave outside of the walls of your company with the exception of, if they are representing your organization, if they're in your business, if they're in your company attire, if they're attending an event that where they're promoting themselves as being your employee, yes, there are certain expectations that you can put on them, but you can't tell everybody what to do in life. It's just, you can't do it. It's, it's very important that we let our employees have their own lives. And, yes. you know, there are some caveats. We all watched last week's drama with Amy Cooper, who was the woman who called 911 and saying that a African-American man was threatening her. And she ended up losing her job for that. She wasn't representing her company at the time, but it became very public. She was an executive. Right. And there's no way the company could continue to to operate and have trust in her because of that and she was terminated now do i think that she actually walked away with with nothing no i'm pretty sure 
that uh, her lawyers are working with company lawyers and she'll walk away with money, but um, the rest of us are not quite so lucky. There are times when we terminate for people to do things outside of out of work and not related to work. But for the most part, if you you should be allowed to have your life. You should be allowed to have your life. As long as you're not breaking the law, at which case I'm I'm losing sympathy for you. Well, and you know, I think when you're talking about executives, executives are constantly, constantly representing the company. I think you know, a company that takes that kind of action to terminate an executive who is at the apex, the tip of the sword, <clears throat> you know, they're constantly have the ability to impact business and, and a lot of everything that they do in the public eye. Yeah, it's absolutely appropriate. It's absolutely appropriate. That, and that is, that is true. That is true. Executives are at a different standard. They are. Yeah. And they should yeah, be. They, are. they should be. Yeah. They get the big, they get the big bucks. They, yep. they should be held to that different standard. Yeah. A different standard. Yeah, exactly. So, and one of the other but, things I want to discuss, oh, do you want to no, talk about that? Go ahead. Is, is the logistics part of dealing with riots and um, things like that. A lot of businesses aren't prepared. And yeah. we kind of live in this, oh, that happens someplace else. And most of the time it does happen someplace else. This is kind of a unique situation where it's happening all over the United States. Um, yeah. as, as far as I know, every state or almost every state has had a protest that has morphed into something um, violent. And people that aren't prepared for this are suddenly having to deal with it. And are your plans ready and prepared? This morning I was reading on Reddit, which I know 90% is made up, but this sounded plausible. Um, a guy who was a head of security at a retail store in, in Manhattan as the crowds are coming in and he's trying to know what to do. He's talking to one person. His staff is talking to another person from corporate. They're getting mixed messages. And nobody knows what the proper plan is for right. this. And this was a security team and they weren't prepared. Yeah. And security sometimes falls under HR and it sometimes doesn't. But regardless, we're responsible for people. And if I can't get my people out safely, that's a huge concern to me. Um, I am concerned about buildings and physical things, but not nearly the way I'm concerned about people. And right. so do you have plans in place? And you probably don't. Um, I admit in all of my time in corporate HR, I never worried about a riot plan. I just, yeah. I, was there someone that had a plan for it? Probably. We were a big company and somebody maybe did, but I certainly didn't know about it. Yeah. Um, and in smaller companies, that's sitting squarely on the shoulders of HR. Do you have a plan? Like you were saying, do you have a way to contact everybody to make sure that they're safe? And, um, you know, 
do you have contact lists that you can access at home? And we can now a lot more easily than we could 20 years ago. Yeah. But who's responsible for that? Do you want that to be done? Um, I, I do. If, if, if I'm HR for a store that protesters started smashing windows and grabbing stuff, I, I want to make sure that every single one of my employees is safe. Yeah. And I want to mm -hmm. find every one of them to make sure that they're safe. Yeah. And are we prepared for that? Do, yeah. do we have a plan? A lot of people aren't. Um, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, when, when you've been, like, I've got, a, I've got a lot of background <clears throat> from doing security work, from having just, you know, exposure to under, you know, to understanding, you know, significant, how to make a, a significant plan like that. I mean, I worked for Fortune 500 companies. So I had, you know, an understanding that there are contingency plans. And, you know, I work with loss prevention. And, you know, our HR team is massive. And so, you know, if something like that happened, and, you know, we've got a whole corporate division that people can jump in and, and start supporting you, right? right. So, you know, there, there are those things that are in place. Even when I was, you know, going for my, my bachelor's degrees, I, I spent time putting together and taking classes on how to put these things together. A lot of people don't think about learning how to do that. You know, I attend active shooter training. Um, I've got a really great podcast episode that's on hold right now. And uh, that's probably going to come up here real soon. And as we reprogram now that we're dealing with this, on how to, you know, what happens when you as an HR pro are going through an active shooter situation. I'm not talking about run, hide, fight. I'm talking about when you're in it, like when it's happening, you know, what do you, ex what should you expect afterwards? Because a lot of this training, a lot of the training is out there. They don't talk about that, right? They don't right. tell you the real, they don't tell you the real thing. So, and so people don't think through things. And I think people need to be aware that you have to get away from the conversation of, that's not going to happen here. That will never happen to me because right now this world is telling us that it, it may very damn well likely happen to you. Uh, you know, there's a higher chance of it. So take time to start thinking through. Like when you see a situation happening, start running in your head all of the potential scenarios and not to strike up fear and panic, but it's like, okay, so this is coming at me. How do I deal with this? What do I do? What's the best option? How do we, how do we say? Remember years ago, I was with, when I worked at ADP, I was the only HR person in the building. And it wasn't, I wasn't an HR person for ADP. I was an HR business partner servicing clients. And we had, or we had a funnel cloud come over. And the way our office was lined up was just like, not, I mean, it was just complete windows, right? And <laughs> people are just standing out there like looking out the window and it's green outside and and I'm watching people and I'm watching managers and they're looking at me and I'm like, what? And she goes, she's like, oh God. And I'm like, everybody away from the window. Move, no, into the bathroom, go. You know, and this thing was just about ready to come down on us. Thankfully it missed us. But, and, you know, the hail started coming. They started seeing the debris and I'm like, oh, no, move, let's go, right? Shoving everybody we can into the hallways and, you know, anywhere there, there wasn't a window and, um, and you know, people are just, then they get them done with it and they're laughing and they're just, you know, like that off gas of that stress and trauma. And, 
And the woman looked at me, she goes, I wouldn't have known what to do. And I go, baby doll, it's common sense. I said, you got people surrounded by windows, get them out. You don't have to worry about anything else. Just get them to a safe place. Just do that. Well, I think right there when you said, she said, I didn't know what to do. The thing is, is if you gave her a quiz that said, what do you do? She would have gotten the right answer. Yeah. But in the moment, there's a couple of things yeah. going on there. One, there's panic. And two, people often are unsure of what they are allowed to do at work. Yes. Thank you for I, saying that. I'm not the boss. So is it okay if I run and hide in the bathroom, which is more secure? I don't want to get in trouble. Um, yes. Or I don't want to look bad. Or I need to wait until the boss tells me what to do. And we see a lot of that in business in a lot of situations. Yes. Um, from yes, we do. Everything from dealing with this, with, with the kind of stuff we're talking about to dealing with a spat between two employees. People don't know when they are allowed to step in. And there are times when you don't want people to step in, um, but we also need to make sure, and I hate the word empowered, but I'm gonna use it here. We wanna make sure people are empowered to know that it's okay yeah. to get out of the path of a tornado. Um, yes. you know, even if you're in a call center, which are notorious for having terrible work practices and you're in the middle of a call, you see the tornado coming towards you, you should be getting up and running. And furthermore, the business shouldn't punish you. Now, unfortunately, I know that some managers out there would say, well, it didn't hit. So everybody should have stayed seated. And that's not a, that's a thing that you want. Right. It, it is absurd, but there are terrible terrible managers out there. It's important that employees know what they can and can't do. And what they can do is protect themselves. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah, they can ahead. act. They can yeah. act. Yes. Um, this morning. So we had another round of, we had some protests yesterday, not a lot, but we had people, you know, they bloomed up in a few areas. <clears throat> um, but this morning when I, you know, I checked in because to be honest with you, I've been sleeping in my clothes the last two nights because I don't know where these things are come up. And I already had a good scare Friday, right? Right. So right. I'm I'm ready. It's like I, I've I've got my safety plan in place. It's just me, you know, I'm lucky I don't have to, you know, shuttle kids and family out the door, but even still it's also it's just me. I'm a single female. In, in a beautiful place, in a beautiful, you know, part of the world, but at the same time, stuff happens. It doesn't, right. it, it won't, life won't discriminate, right? It just doesn't. Right. And so, so anyway, um, I checked the news this morning to see what was going on. I, you know, I finally, you know, fell asleep last night after I felt that, you know, everything was pretty much calm and it was not going to be a crazy wild night as it was the prior night. And uh, I woke up this morning to read an article about how all of the 7-Elevens were shut down, all the convenience stores were shut down in the Virginia Beach area, with the exception of a convenience store um, that was remaining open. And that was past, we have an 8 p.m. curfew. And how it was full of people that shouldn't have been out and about. And it was actually being operated by two females. 
And um, they were terrified. I mean, they were nervous. They were very, very scared. And the first thing that went through my mind is that I bet you 10 to 1 if those ladies didn't show up to work, they are of the mindset that they would have been fired, which they likely probably would have. Right. Um, because if anybody's leaving a store open with just two females running it in the middle of a curfew when we've got a national crisis on our minds, yeah, they likely would have been terminated for something like that. But these women also probably don't realize that, and they may not be in a financial situation where they can do something about it. I mean, they probably really do rely on these jobs. And that is that um, they could have not shown up and picked their safety, but that would have meant that they would have had, uh, it would have taken longer for them to be able to get pay again if they were to let go because they have to go out and find a new job. And, you know, it's the first month rent is due. So, you know, it's, it's a hard, ugly situation. It is a hard, ugly situation. And one of the things that I realized is that the people with the highest salaries have the most flexibility on things like this. Um, and you know, when, when I lived in, in Philadelphia for 10 years and when it snows in Philadelphia, the world comes to an end, right? We get a half an inch mm -hmm. of snow and, and everybody panics. The highly paid white collar worker says it's snowing. I'm working from home today. The seven 11 clerk gets in her car and drives on the icy roads to work. Mm -hmm. And that's how it is. And we've seen this play out over and over again during the COVID pandemic with the essential workers. A lot of people that we label essential are low paid. And so the white collar people are at home working and the grocery store clerks making eight, nine, $10 an hour are, are at work and businesses I think really need to be aware of what they need to do to protect their employees in all situations you know the right. governor of Colorado released that thing saying here if you're not following the COVID standards you need to stay home um, and you won't have to lose your job but we also need to think if there's a riot going on we need to make sure that our 7-Eleven workers are, and I don't want to pick on 7-Eleven, but any company um, that, that their first concern is their employees. Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately, not everybody's going to be like that. And, you know, I don't know if it, and, and I'm going to counter with it also include that not only is it the individuals <clears throat> with a higher income, it also higher salary, but it's also their personal situation. So, you know, if they don't have to work a full-time job, you know, if they have a spouse that brings in more money and, you know, these are their life choices and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, it just, it impacts multiple people. But, but I think what's important too is that as you guys can see, is that, you know, as we're talking through this, if you've noticed that we haven't stuck to just one side of the conversation and anybody who's been in HR long enough and worth their salt does what we're doing right now. And that's looking at all sides. We're taking in consideration of the employees and we're talking about it and we're taking in consideration of the company and we're talking about it. 
these are not easy problems to solve. And sometimes they're, I, I've always been of the belief that there's always an answer to every business situation, but now we're dealing with these outside influences, you know, the, the state of civil unrest, and that makes the waters muddier. And there may not necessarily be an immediate answer, but there's always something that businesses can do to protect their employees, to make sure that they get educated. Have drills. There's nothing wrong with doing a drill. Just do not do an active shooter drill unless you actually work with law enforcement to prepare for something like that. Just don't do that because the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI don't like that. You'll find out quickly. <laughs> so just let you know. Um, you know, but you know, yeah, there's there's nothing a wrong. You want to make. No, but there's nothing wrong with preparing. There's nothing wrong with you know helping your people understand. This is what it looks like. This is what it feels like. Right. Because when it actually happens, it'll be very different. But you get that that quote unquote muscle memory into their, their system. Years ago, when I worked for um, Big Box Retail, we did a code blue drill, which is what happens when a child has gone missing in the store. And um, I took a stuffed toy and I hid it somewhere in the side. So I was like, OK, here's your target. And I held him up and I said, this is who we're looking for right now. This is who you're looking for. You can't pull this off the shelf and tell me that this is what it is because there's only one. I said, this is who we're looking for. And everybody stayed at the front of the store. And I went deep into the store and I hit it. And I spent about three minutes just walking around because I didn't want anybody to figure out that it was a, it was a quick and easy find. And uh, I said, you guys have exactly two minutes to find the child. And that's because we need to do a quick thorough sweep of the store in two minutes. We have enough people to do that. Go. So they did. <clears throat> and I made the call over the, you know, did the drill, made the call. And I said, extending to five minute search. And it caught everybody off guard because I threw in an element of surprise. So they extended it to a five minute search. Nobody came back with it. Nobody came back with our target. And I said, let me show you. <clears throat> I said, this, you guys should have found. And I went back and I walked over to where there was a dog crate and I reached in and I pulled it out. I said, you guys didn't look, you just right. swept the store. And they're like, and the reality just set in. It was like, but that was so easy. And I said, this is a child. They're going to make it easy. If there's a child in the store missing, they're hiding somewhere and you have to, you have to look, right? If it's a child that's been abducted, that's a different situation. Right. Because you're, right. you can look and you won't find them. And then they understood. So then I went and I hit it again in a different spot. Of course, everybody goes to the original spot thinking that, you know, they're going to outsmart me. <laughs> <laughs> but I found another spot and I hit it differently. And this time they found it, you know, so it, so it was like, okay, we get it, you know, and then I gave them a chance to talk about it. I'm like, what did you learn? You know, like, and, and it's like the reality of it set in. And so you make it a really great opportunity. You just don't, you know, you just don't do a fire drill. Everybody goes outside and then they stand around and chatter and wait, blah, blah, blah. Have a secondary position, have a tertiary position, throw in elements that people don't understand, that people would never expect to have happen. You know, that's real incident training. Because what you're doing is you're breaking down those mental barriers of, okay, <sighs> the fire alarm's going off, plug my ears, walk out. No, fire alarm goes off. You're going to smell it. You're going to hear it. You're going to feel it. You're going to be encapsulated by smoke. You're going to have people with very low mobility 
that aren't going to be able to make it out of that building. I remember we did one and I'm yammering and I'm so sorry, but this is, I'm like on a really great tangent right now. We had, um, we had, we were on the fifth floor of this building. And I asked when we were doing, we knew, I knew this fire drill was coming and I had somebody who had a uh, respiratory condition. So participating in the drill couldn't do it. Um, so we got her, we got her waived from the drill. Um, anyway, um, we had other, we had these women. I mean, this one woman was, you know, five foot two and she was 400 pounds and was a whiz bag at her job. Very nice lady, but there's no way she could have participated by going down the stairs and getting out. And I said, so what are we doing with these individuals? And they said, well, they can go ahead and wait in the stairwell for fire and rescue. And I looked over at my boss and I'm like, if they go and they wait in that fire and rescue, they will never be found. So what they did as part of the drill is they lined up chairs along the wall so these women could sit. And I'm like, and wait to die? You know, it's just, it's like those chairs aren't going to be there when there's a real fire. It's like, so anyway, I won't go over the cliff on that one. But what I'm saying is that, you know, when you're, when you're doing stuff like this, when you're educating your employees, because you should, and if you don't, that's your choice. But if you are, you know, get people and get your employees involved, have them start brainstorming. It's like, well, okay. So we went to our primary and then you pushed us back to our secondary. I said, yeah. And they said, well, why did you do that? And I said, because our primary was too close to where the scene was. And we would have been pushed back by law enforcement and rescue. So we need another place where we can meet and we can get a head count. And then we'll determine how do we get you guys out of here? Because your cars are in the garage and oh yeah, by the way, that's on fire too. Right. I said, there's all these things to think about. So. And thinking about them is not what makes them happen. And I think people right. just, we want to live in our blissful bubble yes. because you know what? Most likely your building isn't going to burn down, but somebody's will and we don't know yes. who's and right. so everybody needs to be prepared most likely a riot isn't going to happen outside your door but there will happen outside someone's door right. and it might be you and so you need to be prepared and you need to think through all of these things um, right now I, I i feel like hr generally we feel like we're all going to explode. Um, yeah. You know, there's just so much information piled on us, so many changes, so many everything right now. And um, it's, it's giving us this to-do list and we might want to push it off. Um, but it's not something we should push off. We need to be prepared and hopefully we're prepared now. But if we're not prepared now, we need to be prepared for the next time. And hopefully there is no next time. Yeah. And I, I really hope oh. that there is none. Yeah. But there but, might be. Yeah, the reality is, is that there, there may likely be at some point. There will be a next time for somebody, and it might be you. Yeah. It might and be. And I love that. I love how you phrase that. And... You know, that's one of these things, if you push that off, you are going to wish that you never did that when you're, when it, when you're faced with it. Right. And I'm also going to say, this is the place where the finance people are like, 
what's my return on investment here? This is too expensive. What you want to do what? Um, and you need to be able to articulate clearly why you want to do it and why it's worth the cost. And like right. you were saying, if you want to do an active shooter training, you need to do it with the FBI or local police department or whatever uh, so that nobody gets really killed in a, in a practice. You need to plan these things out in advance. You need to have approvals. You need to yep. get all your I's dotted and T's crossed. You need to have these safety plans in place for what happens when people start throwing bricks through your windows. What do you do? Yeah. I mean, right now, <laughs> stores know that it's going to be happening and people are boarding up and shutting down and governors have done curfews. And um, hopefully that will resolve the issues. But that first night, nobody knew it was coming. Nobody knew. Nope. Nope. And, and are you prepared? Yeah. Are so prepared? one of the things, one of the things that you guys can do, and then we're going to, we're going to wrap this up because we're <laughs> at the top of the hour, which we normally would have closed. Um, but one of the things that you guys can do is there's a, a course that I'm going to be offering here real soon. Um, it's going to be a course on demand. It's part of my best practices, HR university. Um, it's going to go, we're going to be, I'm going to host it today in the, um, next gen women in HR Facebook group. And it's really going to talk about the ponies back to what you were saying, Suzanne, about how to get buy-in. Um, and what the course is called is how to sell HR to your boss. And you can use this approach because this is, this is one of the things where you do need if you want to proceed with something like this, you do need the full weight of the backing from whoever your CEO is or whoever your top level executive um, in order to make these things happen. So if you're considering it, you guys can go ahead and dial into that. It'll be out in probably a week. Um, you awesome. can find, yeah, to find that on, it's something that I've been using for years. I got taught how to do something similar to it in 2013 and I've adapted it in you know, I can get about 80% of my agenda pushed and, and out the door using, using this approach. And it's a professional business approach um, because we are HR people. And when we see something that needs to be done, it, it rides our call to action button hard, <laughs> hard. And this is, this is an area where it rides mine hard. So the timing is perfect to talk about this and, and really kind of get some education on, on how to do that. So Please keep your eyes open. Um, you can find it on bestpractices.org. When you know, if you want to learn more about it, go ahead and sign up on my on my list. Um, go to bestpractices.org, click on connect, and um, a link to that best practice will be in your inbox in about a week or so. And Suzanne, where can uh, is there anything that you're offering or providing as far as blogs and stuff like that, um, where people can also take away info? At the moment, based on, on this specific preparedness, I'm not doing anything at the moment. I am doing a webinar in a week on uh, returning to work with um, COVID. And this is a webinar that I have already done three times. And normally you can do the same webinar over and over again, but I have to rewrite it each time because everything changes. <laughs> changes. And so if you think you know what you're doing, um, Come take the webinar anyway, because it's probably different. It'll be different in 10 days than it is today. Yeah. Give but it a week. It'll all Give change. it a week. We'll see. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you guys for hanging in there today. I'm sorry about the technical issue and 
uh, next Sorry. week it'll all be back to normal where we get our our flashy Fingers things crossed. that come in front of us. I know, right? No, it will be. Think positive. <laughs> it will be. That's right, it will be. So you guys have a really, really great day. Thanks for joining us again. And um, we will be live and be able to answer your questions next week as well. Bye. Bye. individuals either as an HR person of one or just somebody that has a just a ton of stuff to get done on a regular basis and you're sitting there trying to figure out I was like oh my gosh how does time management work with all of this <clears throat> it's possible that time management actually isn't what you need it's task management I know that is very much the case for me and a while ago I had a really super nice lady um, email me and share that she's struggling with everything that she's getting to do and she's got, she's taking time management courses. And simply, I just told her, I said, well, you know, here, let me share you with this tool that I have that I use personally for myself. See if that kind of helps you out. And so what I did is I actually went ahead and put it together. Um, I figured, you know, this is something that could help everybody else. And basically what it does is it gives you an opportunity to do a high level look and help you plan everything in your week. Um, so that way you can figure out, okay, so what tasks need to be done uh, that conflict with my meetings. So if you're heavy loaded on meetings, then you deconflict by not scheduling any tasks for that day. And if you are light on meetings, then you deconflict by loading yourself up with tasks. It's actually pretty simple. But then I also got this really cool feature in there. It's called follow up. And what I did is I developed this. It's called the Task Planner for Crazy Busy HR Pros. And I also put together a very short little video. You guys can find this over on the website. And if you go to the bestpractices.com, work website down towards the bottom you can just go ahead and grab it um, it'll give you an opportunity to you know it's a quick video I think it's like 15 20 minutes on how you can go ahead and use it effectively it may work for you it may not I don't know <laughs> I hope it does um, I've gotten some really positive feedback on it I use mine religiously I mean this is how I balance the world I, I live and die by an electronic calendar um, this isn't managing another calendar this is literally keeping track of everything that I need to do, but I'm scheduling it in a way where I can actually get it all done. And then of course, we get that interruption in the day. We get that one phone call that says, well, we got an employee issue and then just everything just falls apart. But what's awesome is that you can actually use this to help recalibrate, re-get yourself back on task again and move forward. So you heard another really great episode from Suzanne Lucas, um, She's just fun to work with, but we have this show and that actually what you heard I mentioned earlier was the segment from the show that we did this morning. Well, when you're listening to this, it'll be Tuesday uh, from Tuesday's episode. And it's the, um, it's the real HR show. We broadcast this live on YouTube every week. We talk about all things HR. Um, everything that we do is relevant in the now. Um, just like what I'm trying to do with this show is that, you know, believe me, I have rescheduled the, the programming for this show at least three times since the coronavirus has come out. And, um, literally I'm constantly reshuffling it because we didn't expect to have civil unrest coming up and now people are dealing with it. Right. So that means that priority shift and change, and it makes sense to talk about the things that are important now versus talking about what we think might be important at another time and you guys not get the benefit 
of like recalling it or putting into context in the present. So we really try to keep things relevant. We do the same thing over there. And um, if you guys, you you know, if you have questions, you can guys, you know, send them in to us too. You can also find us at therealhrshow.com. That is our website. Um, you can go to YouTube and and type in, in the search the real HR show and it will pop right up. She's in Switzerland. I'm here in the U.S. Um, it's all about U.S. focused information, um, but it's it's good content and you're and you're getting it from two people that have really been in the HR field and really have done the work for quite a while. So it's good stuff. All right, so you can submit your questions on the bestpractices.org website. Click on the podcast link from the menu, and down towards the bottom of the podcast page is a submission form for you to go ahead and post your questions, which may, read, which may be read and answered on an upcoming episode. And this is going to be a parlay to back to the main topic today. I did have a CEO reach out to me and ask me, is it okay that if I, if I get the sense that my employees are not being affected by what's going on um, with civil unrest to not even address it. And I thought that was a really great question. We didn't talk about that in the episode. We talked about what companies should be doing. And you know what, look, and I said, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Sometimes less is best, you know? Um, When I mentioned that we had uh, the protesters come up Friday and we had no warning as residents where we lived and and, and where I live is it's one way in and one way out, and that's it. And so had it gone sideways, which is what I was most concerned about, and for you know good reason because that's what our country is facing with right now, my thing was is could I, could I remain safe? And um, we didn't have any notice at all. We didn't even have notice from the management company that oversees where we live. And I originally got really, really mad about it and then <clears throat> wound up talking to the director of communications about it and she said, you know what, we didn't even know it was happening, but so far everything was so peaceful that we decided not to raise the flag. And I said, you know what, that actually is a really good strategy. And, you know, I thanked her for taking the time to have the conversation, but I said, you know what, that actually was the right thing to do. <clears throat> it didn't make an impact. I mean, some people didn't even know what was going on. And, um, you know what, and that's fine because the goal is to, keep everybody safe and productive and, you know, keep them focused on the things that they can control. So, um, so yeah, the answer to that, absolutely. I mean, if your workplace doesn't seem to be overly impacted by it, I mean, there may be some concern, is it going to happen here? Is it not? You know what? It's okay to not even address it if it doesn't seem to be a need, because sometimes you can, you ever have that really good idea at a really bad moment, (laughs) And you don't want to be faced with that, too. You don't want to talk about things that now are going to get, you know, the workplace all riled up. So we don't, we don't want that. That's not good. All right. So if you guys are looking for another way to get your HR questions answered, to get individual development, to connect with people, the, you ready for this? The, we have launched the coaching program. It is, it went into, it, it was fully launched on June 1st. Um, we've got people that are starting to sign up for this on a monthly basis. Here's what you get with this package. And you can go to the bestpractices.org website, click on the HR university tab, and you will see the uh, HR coaching program in place. 
It is, uh, it's pretty awesome. I'm pretty excited about it. It gives you access to the membership site, which is uh, turned into, originally it was meant to be kind of like this centerpiece of all things and, and ideas in exchange. And you know what? Something else replaced part of that, and that was the HR uh, Next Gen Women in HR Facebook group, which you are welcome to join in, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit. But the membership site actually became kind of like this repository of information, and um, it's where I add a lot of really great resources and insight, um, and, and it's become a very valuable, very affordable tool, and as a result of launching the coaching program, we changed the pricing for what is now known as the membership site or the membership resource site. And that went from $15 a month at the most down to nine. So um, there were two levels. Now there's one and it's at the $9 rate, which is less than three cups of coffee a, in a month. <laughs> it's actually less than three cups of coffee a week. So uh, that's some really great information. But the coaching program, if you sign up for the coaching program, you actually get access to the membership site as part of the coaching program. So not only do you get the benefit of joining us every month at our HR roundtable where we engage in conversation, you guys get to ask your questions. And as a group, we get to take advantage and answer them for you. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and have other people chime in on ideas and then I'll go in. We, sometimes we even have guests that come on. We've had a couple of really awesome sessions, got a lot, a lot out of it and some really great takeaways. The program, um, is $49 a month, super affordable. And that's been part of my goal is to make sure that it's great information, great content. And it's something that if your company didn't want to pay for it, you had the ability to go ahead and afford it as well. So again, how you sign up for it, jump over to the bestpractices.work website, click on the HR university, and you will see the HR coaching program uh, icon and the picture and go ahead and click that and you can go ahead and sign up. So I'm looking forward to jumping in and really, really getting some, uh, some great airtime with these guys. Uh, who are part of the program, and um, and not to mention, you can also go back and look at other HR roundtable sessions that we've had. So um, looking forward to seeing the direction that that's going to go in with the goal of improving that month over month over month over month. So very excited about it. So please join us. Please, please, please. It'd be great to have you. So you guys can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Best Practices in HR. You can also follow me again on Instagram under Brenda the HR Lady. Um, YouTube and LinkedIn, you can find me over on Brenda Neckmodel, and then my last name is N-E-C-K, like the thing you want to choke, V as in Victor, A-T-A-L. The website, again, is the bestpractices.work website, where if you click connect at the top of the page, you will get my best practices delivered directly to your inbox. So again, guys, thank you so much for yet another really awesome episode. I hope you got a lot out of this one. Um, it's scary. It's creepy. You know... Our nation really is a tinderbox right at the moment with everything that's going on. We've had the coronavirus and the scare around that. And then we've had businesses, you know, being told that they couldn't open up, open up. We've had just this huge, huge shuffling of the deck. And then we dealt with, you know, the crushing death of Floyd and all everything that came after that, which is just absolutely horrific. And, um, you know, look, our, our hearts go out to all of you guys. We totally understand what you're going through. Um, I completely get it. It's exhausting. We're tired. 
we're all tired and we're all tired about talking about the things that we can't control, but we have to deal with. We're all tired about, you know, dealing with the negative. So look, keep your chin up. That's the only thing you can do. And when you hear yourself talking about the negative, select three positive things, start changing your mindset. Um, because really the only thing that you can control is you in the, in the long run. And when you, when you take care of yourself and you guys have heard me say this time and time again, then everything starts to take care. You'll be able to take care of everything else and everything starts falling back into place again. So look guys, you stay safe, seriously, stay safe, uh, stay vigilant. And, uh, we look forward to talking to you again next week and it will be a lot happier, <laughs> be a happier subject. That's for sure. We'll have some good fun with it. So we'll talk to you guys later. I'm out.